0: Hello and welcome to YHTV's Trinity of Life. This is episode 43. I'm Christina Sousa Ma, your host for this program. Thank you so much for joining me again as I continue to explore the wonderful world of healing arts, meditation, therapies, and the many modalities of helping us find balance in our individual journeys. We are always excited to meet those of you who are on the leading edge of creating change on this planet. Our guest today... Our guests, actually, today are individuals who has been a part of the yoga family since 2011 Virtual World Yoga Meditation Conference. She strives to support others to create balance in their lives through her teachings of kundalini yoga. She is the founder of several organizations, such as the one we will speak of today, Yoga for Youth, creating foundations for our young to move through life. We also have with us today her program director, Shama Davis. And here we are with Krishna Carr. Hello, Krishna. Hello, Christina. Welcome, welcome <laughs> to our little studio here at Yoga Hub. Thank you. It's a
1: cozy little studio, very enjoyable once I found it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nestled here in the hills of Silver Lake, right? <laughs> yes, beautiful.
1: Nice views of the cities.
0: Great. Hello, Shema. Thank you for joining us as well. And Shema is actually Skyped in for us.
2: Hello, Christina.
0: How are you today?
2: I'm doing well. I'm glad to be with you guys.
0: Yes, this is kind of fun having one person through Skype and another uh, right here in the studio. It's uh, our first time that we're attempting this, so it's uh, very interesting. (laughs) (laughs) So here we are today and... And I know that uh, the most important part of this is to really share with our communities uh, globally of who you are. I mean, who is Yoga for Youth and, and you know, what has inspired you? What are, are you doing? What are we moving forward in? And there's a very important call to action today because you're needing the support of many communities. So I'm going to just start uh, uh, by speaking with you, Krishna, about your background and your history. Like, where are you originally from? And uh, what inspired you towards yoga?
1: Well, uh, that's a nice long story, but since we only have an hour, I'll cut it short. (laughs) Actually, I was born and raised right here in Los Angeles. I'm one of those rare persons who uh, actually originated right here. L.A. High School, UCLA was my college, you know, so I'm an actual native Los Angelian. (laughs) And I was uh, actually in the theater, uh, Christina, Mm -hmm. and I was
0: in New York. Things. Oh, so, so you transplanted to New York for a while for I did. I moved I did.
1: I moved there after I left uh, UCLA, and I wanted to pursue my career as a performing artist. Mm. And I was doing quite well, actually, uh, moving through the Broadway, off-Broadway productions, movies, uh, television, and so forth. It was, I was having a wonderful time. Uh, and then something started to awaken inside of me that kept gnawing at me, actually. It said there must be something I should be doing to serve my community. Something more than just entertaining them in the evening, but something that would give them a way to get through the pain of life—not just for a few moments or for an hour or two, but forever. I couldn't figure out what that was because all the while I believed that my life would be in the theater, that when I passed away, they would give me a piece of the stage in my in my coffin to bury with
0: me—a <laughs> from the stage. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> they to
1: give her something of the stage because she's. But it didn't. It turned out that that was not my ultimate destiny. Though it was a very important part of my journey mm. and a few years later i found myself in a clean yoga class in uh boulder colorado boulder colorado uh, how yes. <laughs> on earth did you end up in boulder colorado from new york city i told you it was a long story <laughs> <laughs> but i wound my way through europe and then a year in africa and then did some hitchhiking across this country mm. just looking searching this was back in the, i guess the late 60s 68 69 and then '70. And I found myself, uh, with, uh, in a yoga class at the University of Boulder. I had been going, I had gone to Boulder to visit my brother. And, uh, I just was so inspired and moved by my experience that I just kept going, Mm. uh, still looking for some peace within myself because I was searching for my, uh, my purpose in life. And that was a very disturbing, uh, process because I thought I was very clear about my purpose in life. Mm. (laughs) Uh, and then, uh, so that, I was taking the yoga just for me and I met Yogi Bhajan, my teacher, and he pushed me out to teach. And I thought, this is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to teach anybody. I'm just going to get this for myself so I can figure my life out. and Then I'll be off and running, you know. <laughs> but I began teaching, and uh, it was a natural for me, actually. And I uh, built a yoga center in South Central Los Angeles. I had a community of people who lived in our our little surrounding community that we had with homes and apartments where families could live together close to the center where we could practice together. Mm. And I began to serve Yogi Bhajan on the international level as his uh, PR person at times, as his staff, you know, and as just a person who was there to serve him, which mm-hmm. was an honor for me and a blessing for sure. Um, and then I, that was great. And I did a lot of things in the 382 community. In those early days and then at some point in the 80s I began to ask myself the question again what is my purpose Mm -hmm. you know and I began to uh, think about who I would serve in the community uh, what specific target audiences I would draw towards me as I wanted to go back and teach more and I thought about the youth Mm -hmm. and uh, then they passed the three strikes law in California that said three felony strikes and you're out and I knew in the moment I heard that, that many young people of color were going to be corralled into the prisons, you know, without any real due course or process or without any real consideration of what their talents and gifts were, or who they were, since the prison industrial complex is not a, a blind system. We don't have blind justice. We blindfold the justice system, but we don't. they're not blinded. They actually are uh, eyes open, and there's a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of profiling that's going on, and a lot of you know racism things that happen that are part of our culture. So anyway, I was concerned about that, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, where would I start? Who would I want to serve first? Who are the people that I feel I can make an impact with? And I thought about the young people, and at this time, a friend of mine, Nobuko Miyamoto, was working with Upper Bound, an organization that that came out of U- USC, and she said, these kids need you, Krishna come down here and teach these youngsters. So I started teaching the youngsters with Upper Bound. And uh, these, this was during the summer. They would go to uh, wow. the university campus in uh, Claremont, mm. and they'd spend the summer there, several weeks out of the summer, uh, just to give them a chance to understand, and experience the university life, and to have a chance to really tune into themselves as teenagers and, and people who want to just move out of the, out of the, the uh, grip of the community that wasn't serving them. These were kids who wanted to go to college, who had very little support at home, very little support in the communities that they lived in. They had a burning desire to go to college. And so Upper Bound was there to give them the, the kind of mentoring and the kind of um, tutoring that they needed to be able to manage the university lifestyle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, Along with that pressure, believe me, that's a lot of pressure, uh, there was the hormonal pressure.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, teenagers are changing so fast and so deeply that we have that pressure as well. Uh, And then, so they brought us in to work with them, teaching them skills to deal with anger, frustration, uh, self-esteem. You know, just give them some foundation to manage the pressure that they were under. And that was where Yoga Youth was born.
0: Mm, How fascinating. So it was really through your work, through Outward Bound that really took you around to be working with uh, the the youth.
1: It was the first place where I landed. In other words, I had the thought, but it was the first place that we began actually doing the work. Mm -hmm. And we were there with them for several years until they passed another law that said, uh, oh, no child left behind. And that was the practice and the law that left lots of children behind and that's when our program was cut. Hmm. But by the time that they cut our program, there was upward bound. We were already teaching in the detention facilities and in some of the uh, after-school programs and charter schools. So we were still moving along. We had already begun to teach in New York. We had had trainings going on in Washington D.C. and in Chicago and Mexico. So, but still, we were looking forward to enhancing the life of these young people, hmm. not just giving them arithmetic and writing and math and you know, but giving them some sense of who they were as people. This is a part of their upbringing that was missing, missing in the schools and certainly missing in the homes, mm-hmm. uh, not deliberately, not on purpose, but just because their parents were under so much stress, just trying to survive the changes in the economy and changes in the life and all the external worldly pressures that they faced. But these youngsters were often uh, on their own. And by this time, if there were two Parents in the home, they were both outworking. Chances are, if there was just one parent in the home, then that parent was certainly out working or dealing with the fact that they didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And this pressure, of course, impacted, as it always does, the way the child feels about him or herself.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So so you worked through um, Outward Bound at the UCLA, and then... It was at USC, U- U- oh, yeah. USC. Yeah. And Outward Bound, I know... It, when you say that it was uh, across the nation, et cetera, it was because um, I think that organization really expanded. Because I know that when I was in Hong Kong in the 80s, there was an Outward Bound in Hong Kong. And I was like, oh, who's this? And they said it was an American organization. I'm going, really? Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's different. The Outward Bound
1: is a a program that takes people out into the wilderness. And they give them a chance to uh, experience their own, face their own fears. Mm-hmm. uh to be, to learn to work together as a team by putting them through various exercises that that really test them so that's outward bound the upper bound is a movement for youth moving them upward from uh, their present situation to be able to gain better employment better uh professions ways that they can elevate themselves through education oh
0: i see it was up Word upward bound. bound. That's uh, right. Bound. Oh, you see, I was on a completely different track thinking, ooh.
1: Well, but both, both of these ideas, I think, are very, very similar. They mm-hmm. have the same notion of being able to tap into a person's essence, greatness, and help them deal with the things that are stopping them from mm-hmm. being who they really are.
0: Mm-hmm. So, So after working with that organization for so many years, when did you start Yoga for Youth? Right then. Oh, at the same time? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes.
1: I see. We were doing we were hired to do yoga uh, to do an upward bound program, and that became our name, Yoga for Youth. So, and then we actually in '98 we actually uh, formalized ourselves with a non nonprofit corporation mm-hmm. that we could receive support for the work that we were doing as uh, many places where we like to serve could not afford to pay our teachers and we needed to pay them to go and do this work. Uh, so we had a nonprofit organization that would help us fund the work that we were doing.
0: Oh that's wonderful magnificent how how one just evolved into the next
1: as always it's a flow and you know what's interesting may I just go and talk about the youth a little bit more absolutely i find that as we go through the generations looking back 150 years you know the change between one generation and the other was not as dramatic mm-hmm. as the change between generations is today something has shifted in the way that our whole culture, our whole society is evolving. And the speed with which we're changing, the speed with which the things around us are 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 uh, shifting. Just look at the technology. You know, I mean, that's like God. I yes. mean, every two years you got to get a new something because it's obsolete, you know. But 150 years ago, you could use the same tools, the same radio, the same washing machine, you know, yes. the same stuff, same telephone, the same dial in numbers. Over and over and over again. Now that's different. Just as it's changing with technology, it's also changing that fast in terms of the psyche of the people. Mm-hmm. So the youth today are not anywhere near where their parents are. Well, I should state that differently. The parents are nowhere <laughs> near where the youth are today, you know? Yes. Because they've come here, uh they've come here at this time because they have the skills, the talent, they have the sensitivity, they have the intelligence to manage this time mm-hmm. you know and, and, and there's no accident in this we all evolve and come through at a time when what we have is is needed and we have the capabilities of managing the time that we that we are born into well these youngsters also come back with that they're here with that talent they're here with that gift what they need from us they need a roadmap like <laughs> i had a kid walk into my uh my office uh, a few months ago I had this nice big old calculator. You know, it sits about maybe about five or six pounds. <laughs> and maybe it's about twelve inches across the side and fourteen inches down, and big numbers. They said, "What is that?" And I said, and I said "What do you mean? What is that?" You know, that's a calculator. They said, oh, "I never saw anything like that before." And I was so outdone. I said, "You got to be kidding me!" You know, I still use this every day. It gives me paper. I get paper. <laughs> results from what I'm doing. I can look at the paper and see I've added this correctly. They had no idea what I was doing. So, but, but still, they got to deal with this earth. you know, the, one, the earth that we created, the reality that we created, they got to deal with that. So they need us to help them find their way through this quagmire of, of meaningless busyness that doesn't make a lot of sense to them on certain levels. And we're not always there. We're busy making money. We're busy looking for a job. We're busy trying to get ahead. We're busy looking out for number one. You know, know? and we're just assuming that these guys are going to figure this out and take care of themselves, that the schools are going to really teach them how to do this. But there's a big gap that's here. And Yogi Bhajan, my spiritual teacher, talks a lot about this gap that's happening between the, the younger generation and our generation. It's gigantic. But the fact that we're not there for them in the way that they need us to be there for them, it's Mm -hmm. difficult for them, you know? They keep expecting something that we're not giving them. And there's no blame here whatsoever. It's just that they're showing up and we have to figure out how do we we talk to them now, you know? I mean, (laughs) everything now is an acronym, you know, (laughs) LOL and... GTM and SOS, <laughs> what, are we, what are we talking about here? You know, <laughs> And I have to be schooled and educated about the lingo because now we're talking in text language. Yes, correct. That's a different language altogether. So that's a, te- a technical uh, explanation of the shift and the difference between the generations. Mm-hmm. And yet there is a more subtle difference as well. You know, there's a, a gentleman, his name is Dr. Michael Mead. He was, uh, he is, rather, an expert mentor for youth, well, well-known around the country and even around the world as a well-known mentor of youth. He was an at-risk youth himself. He was a challenged youth himself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and uh, But he's come up and he's explained very clearly, he says, our youth are looking for meaning in their lives. They look at the adults around them mm-hmm. and they don't appear to have any meaning in their lives. Now... We may think we have meaning, <laughs> but to them, it doesn't appear as though what we're doing is really meaningful. And if we were to step back from ourselves a little bit, we might agree with them and say, well, really, what does this mean? So that movement from just living a social existence and tapping into a more elevated spiritual existence is, is a search for meaning, for understanding, for truth. And these kids come here looking for that, expecting that. And we're not always showing up for them.
0: But don't you also feel, Krishna, that part of that is um, as parents, um, you know, growing up without the technology that we are immersed in today. I mean, literally children today, even on a phone, can be playing educational games, you know, or just, you know, we used to comment about all the, the games and, the thumb, you know, the, the, the tendonitis in the wrists and the thumbs of children. And, and now they've come out with uh, all these games that are actually educational. Here we are in another generation that didn't have that technology or were on the cusp of that technology, but it's moved in advance, as you say, every two or three months, you need something new. You know, I mean, look at what we're doing today. Absolutely. Here we are streaming it globally Absolutely. today. Yes. <laughs> the world is very small. In, uh, yes, in a little studio that is not this humongous studio with all these huge cameras and big lights, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, here, th- things are moving fast. They're
1: moving very fast, Christina. And the technology is amazing. We're not going backwards. We're moving ahead on technology. And that's that's a given. And that's amazing. I mean, how how many years ago was it that we first had the first automobile? That's right. <laughs> you know, That's right. the first airplane. I mean, look at this now. Sure. Technology is moving faster than the emotional, cognitive, spiritual psyche is moving forward. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. in terms of how we use our brain, we're still hardwired to using our old brain. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, right. but the technology is not the problem. No. In fact, there's no problem anywhere. It's just that we're in this delicate transition period where things are moving forward quicker than they had before. We haven't quite caught up. And there's expectation that says, come on, catch up because we need you. Right. And so right. you'll find that today there's a lot more people practicing yoga, meditation, breathing techniques and eating good food and all that than there was 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's a process of change that we're in. And and these youngsters just happen to be here at this time when the, there's a big, huge... Taking mm-hmm. place, mm-hmm. and that's why yoga for youth is so important because it is providing them with the tools that they need to manage these changes. Yes, you know we're giving them uh, the most up-to-date, cutting-edge technology for managing stress, for managing anger, for managing fear, depression, low self-esteem, confusion. Why am I here? What am I doing? What does this mean? Many children are dropping out of school because it doesn't seem to have any meaning for them. Why am I doing this? It doesn't have any connection with their life. Mm -hmm. We haven't bridged the gap of being able to tie education into the life of the average student. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter whether these are poor kids or rich kids. Correct. You know, the rich kids are having just as much problem as the poor kids are having. Mm -hmm. The rich kids are getting too much money, (laughs) (laughs) you know, too too many material gifts from mom and dad. They they shut them up with a bunch of stuff to keep them busy, and they're getting stoned, and they're getting high, and they're getting drugged out, and they're getting having to get rehabbed over and over and over again. They're driving down the highway at big speeds and committing suicide. I mean, you know, it's it may, may show up differently, but it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. These are all mm-hmm. the same children, and they're all looking for the same thing. And whether the parents are too busy making money or trying to get their hair done or get their face lifted, or whether they're just struggling to try to keep food on their table, mm-hmm. they're not connecting in the way that these guys need them to. Mm-hmm. And it's not their fault. We've become a real consumer society. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we have, we have devalued the time that we spend together as family. We've devalued the kind of nurturing that young people require in order to be able to access their greatness.
0: Yes, yes. And I, I do believe it's also um, educating the youth from one end and also educating the parents. Because, you know, it it goes hand in hand and it's finding that balance. And again, it's, it's almost like yoga for youth almost needs a a little segment for parents as well. We have it. (laughs) For people who, oh, do, oh, wonderful. (laughs) Wonderful. So, so, you know, it's, it's because it's, um, here you are educating and creating these awarenesses for the young. And then here are the parents who need it just as much to keep grounded in their daily lives, right? To to keep grounded, to keep focused. And also to be able to link and understand the The awarenesses that the children are going through.
1: Right. Well, they say a young child shall lead. Isn't that what they say in the Bible? I'm not a Bible expert, but I remember that phrase, and a young child shall lead. Well, the young children are always leading. You know, in my generation, we were leaders. We were the ones who who set foot out and say, no more. I'm black and I'm proud, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was the generation that took its step, and it led in that way. And they've been showing that all along. So yes, these children are coming along and they're going to be the leaders. They have to take the lead. But they need to have a relationship with the elders. Mm-hmm. You know, there's some communities that really honor the elders. Our children need to have a relationship with our elders so that they can be guided through some of the things that the elders can guide them through. They may be able to take them to the edge of the cliff. They say, now nah, it's up to you, kid, to jump off or fly or whatever, <laughs> you know. But there's a role that we have to play. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, we just have to keep, trying and keep showing up and certainly this is what the youth are asking of us as adults just show up for me just just so i know that i matter that there's something meaningful in my life that i'm a meaningful person i'm a meaningful part of this culture this society you know let me know that and so through the yoga youth program our teachers go on the field and they show and give and demonstrate life has meaning and they are there as a meaningful adult in the lives of these children, and it means a lot to them, and it means a lot to us as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we keep going through a lot of things in our culture and our society. You know, about uh, the economy. You know, what what happened just recently? We we got through the end of the world, right? <laughs>
0: supposedly,
1: supposedly it's over now. Remember, <laughs> <laughs> we didn't fall off that financial cliff, did we? Not yet. Not yet, right? Well, these pressures are 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 always honest, you know, but we still have to find time to focus on our
0: youth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, Krishna, can you share with us uh, your, I, I'm certain that this continues to change, but it, there is, when you created Yoga for Youth, it, can you share with us uh, your visions at that time, which was in 1998, basically, or before that, mm-hmm. and what it is today in 2013? It hasn't
1: changed a lot because we haven't yet arrived at the place where we could say we've we've we fulfilled our mission and our vision. I think that now there's a lot more awareness around the youth, which is helpful. They're not just a, a part of our society that's put to the side and think they'll they'll grow out of it, yep. but there's more awareness that the seeds that, that are planted in young people early in their lives are the seeds that. And create the adults that they will be later on in their lives, and that these adults are going to be running your country you know <laughs> <laughs> and serving you in so many ways um, and so we should pay attention to the seeds that we're planting in them. I'm very happy that our president, God bless him is uh is focused on the on the youth and that our first lady is solely concerned with education. I'm so grateful that that's a strong agenda for them. I think that more and more people are stepping up and recognizing that our youth need help they need us to not just keep cutting their services and cutting the things that, that will nurture them, but they need an investment in them. And I'm grateful for all those big organizations that are doing that, like Microsoft, for one, which we'll talk about with that that part of it. Shaman will talk with you about that. But also the UN, United mm-hmm. Nations, about two years ago, passed a resolution that said, youth everywhere all around the world are in trouble. And they said, please, countries, municipalities, States invest in your youth because they need something now. They need it now, and that was a big, huge statement coming out of you and recognizing that youth everywhere need need our support. That mm. hasn't changed. And mm. I think the longer we wait to really give them the nurturing that they need, the the more volatile they'll become because they'll become more and more frustrated and more and more uh, disenfranchised and, and disconnected.
0: Mm. Well thank you Krishna. Now how um I mean you are a nonprofit organization and uh, I I understand you know the the commitments that that are made by the individuals who are you know present amongst your organization how can we as a community support you your work the children um because it, it, I mean we don't have to be right in your community to be able to support you Absolutely not, because wherever, where, wherever you are in the world, wherever
1: you are in the city, wherever you are in your country and state, you know, there are children that you can help find a better way to be uh, to serve their society. You know, I mean, we have brilliant minds and thinkers and creators and artists that have a lot to contribute to all of us that mm-hmm. are getting lost. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter where they were born, doesn't matter where they lived, doesn't matter how they grew up. They have something special to give. And we need to nurture and get that out of them so that our society can be more balanced. But as a nonprofit, there are two ways in which, and Shema will speak to this also, there are two ways that people can help us. They can serve by volunteering. There's a lot of things people can do sitting in their own computers that will help us to reach out, connect with others, become a resource, be helpful in so many ways. There's lots to be done on that level, wherever you are. And there's also contributions, you know being a nonprofit corporation uh, and a small one at that, uh, these cuts have hit us hard, very hard, you know. We've had to back out of certain programs that we were given that were just just devastating to us to have to do it, you know, mm-hmm. just devastating because the youngsters kept leaning out saying, well, when are you coming back? When are you coming back, you know? When are you coming back? And if we weren't serving them, we were serving the, a group next to them. They said, when are we going to have our chance to do yoga? When can we do yoga? Mm-hmm. You know, They because know the you, benefits. You actually went into the schools, didn't you? Schools, prisons, detention facilities, yes. jails, wherever these kids were, we were there. Mm. You know, And we caught them when they were at a point where they felt something's got to give. I can't, I can't go on like this any longer. And okay, there we are ra- rallying there to say, try this. Do this breath. You know, try this. And let them try it, and the results are amazing. Mm-hmm. People sometimes say, "I had no idea that these kids would even care about doing yoga." Are you kidding me? They love it. Mm-hmm.
0: They mm-hmm. love it. Mm-hmm. You know, people don't realize the the uh, one the the physical challenges of yoga. That something can be so simple, and yet it looks so simple, and yet when it's all the pieces are connecting, it's like you know, I've had. Kids say to me, "Wow, <laughs> that wasn't very easy standing there." <laughs> no, no, truly. You know, with the focus on the breath and everything, all the components, and they love it because it's challenging. And sometimes they don't understand the groundedness that they achieve out, out of that until later. They feel it, Christina. They feel it. They feel it
1: deeply, and they know right away, ah, this is this is it. This this is good stuff here. Mm-hmm. You know. And they come back and tell you how their life changed because of, because of it. And a kid ran up to me about a year ago. said, remember me? Do you remember me? You oh. taught me breath and fire. Do you remember me? It changed my life. It changed my life. Do you remember me? You know, <laughs> Of course I didn't remember him. But I remembered his spirit. And I said, yes, of course I remember you. Because I did. I remembered his spirit. He you know? was proud. He made it through. He didn't get so much in trouble that he couldn't finish his education and have a nice profession. Mm-hmm. not a job, but a profession. And uh, so, yes, it does work. And they, they're they ready. They're waiting for us. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yes. uh, I'm hoping that uh, maybe Shema can, can pipe in here and talk a little bit about about you know the volunteers. He's been recruiting lots of volunteers. We're getting more people that are getting active on that level. Uh, things that, that we can use right now would be very helpful. Volunteers are valuable. And sometimes it's not a lot of time that they have to spend. Sometimes it's maybe just a couple of hours here and there. Uh, with a scale that will be very easy for them to, to donate towards us. It's wonderful. Maybe you can also introduce yeah. the, how to work the program as well.
0: Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, Shema, so, yes, it's your turn to yes. take the stage.
2: <laughs> so, you know, first I'll talk about the volunteers. Um, we definitely can use um, anyone's help. That. Um, Specifically, uh, anyone who has time to maybe even come by the office um, and and help us with a number of things, of course, there's administrative things, but it could be as simple as making a few phone calls on uh, on our behalf. Um, we're gearing up um, for volunteers also, maybe to go into some facilities again as we've done in the past is something that we're working on, but um just you know I, I get phone calls, I get emails from certain people um, from who unfortunately aren't local. Um, we would love to get some people who are local in the Los Angeles area. Um, uh, You know, L.A. is a big city, but we're right in the middle of, of, of the city, a mid-city, who want to come by and spend, you know, even if it's just a couple hours, two hours, three hours a week. I have someone in right now who comes in four hours, um, just one day a weekend is helping us. You know, wire database. I have a another student who's coming in for uh, another three hours on another day of the week, uh, just helping us with some online stuff and also with um, raising funds. And that's you know definitely a place where we can use um, a lot of help. Is uh, you know, uh, operating a nonprofit organization, um, raising funds is always a concern. So we can maintain um, um, this, these programs. As Krishna mentioned earlier, you know, the budget cuts hit and it hit us pretty hard, and so. You know we're forced to um, hunker down and and um, raise funds when we need to to keep these programs going so anyone who wants to volunteer can go to our website yogaforyouth they can click on volunteer and they can fill out a, a simple form um, let us know what it is that you want to do how much time you have available and uh, definitely leave us your email and phone number or you can just call us directly in the office at area code three two three seven three five zero five zero zero and Uh, we can find some way that you can help us out and really not even just helping us out. You're really helping the youth out because your direct action is, is what is making the difference. And so um, in addition to that, um, Microsoft and an uh, organization called Goodmaker um, have been gracious enough to include us in uh, a competition. And it's a competition amongst a number of nonprofit organizations that were selected because of the type of work that they do with the youth that we were amongst them. And so, um, with this contest, which is ending Friday in two days at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Um, The top 20 um, organizations that receive the most votes will be able to move on to the next round in which we will um, have the opportunity to ma- raise funds. And Microsoft will match those funds dollar for dollar all the way up to $100,000. Uh, and I'm sure, as you guys know, that's a lot of money that can help us, you know, have uh, – up to about 800 classes additional classes than the ones that we have going on right now that's very significant we had at one time classes in um, juvenile detention uh, facilities all over the country but with the budget cuts we had to scale back those classes and we still have some running um here in los angeles barry knight juvenile hall we have classes going on in the new york city area at clinton avenue um and uh, numerous other places, but winning this contest would mean a lot for the youth who have had the program in the past and for youth who haven't even had this program yet. So we can reinstate the program at certain facilities and also expand out to other facilities and get these classes going.
0: So So at this this present time, uh, Shema, do you find that most, because of the cutbacks and everything, do you find that most of the focus and the work uh, that you are doing out in the communities are at the detention facilities or uh, um, like community uh, schools. areas, schools, schools you're well, uh, in schools? I,
2: I, there's a combination. I mean, we, we, we have a, a, a good batch of gumbo uh, over here. So <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, we have some, uh, like I mentioned, Barry Nidar, uh, Juvenile Hall, which is a um, actual juvenile hall as uh, a prison for for youth um, that's out in Silmar. Um and and so that's a, a particular place uh, we have the classes going on. Um, we also have one going on in the community center out here in LA at LA Care, um, which has been going on for a number of years out in New York as I mentioned Clinton Avenue we just um had uh, a program going on at a school for pregnant teens and so this it's a really good mixture um you know because th- th- this program helps um children of uh, of all backgrounds whether they be um in urban areas poor or rich um whatever their status may be uh, there's a great benefit um for them um But with the budget cuts, we did have a lot of juvenile uh, detention facilities um and we did have to scale those back quite a bit, as Krishna mentioned that is really where the program started and so uh and, and without the funding unfortunately um it's it's very hard to keep it going um you know but we raise funds and and we put those funds directly into this program and 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 we work it for as long as we can and and then we have to uh try to figure out a way um to keep them going and and with this contest we have here is another opportunity for us to to maintain the programs that we have and and to uh expand it out um back to some of the facilities we were in before and also into some new places um i get phone calls and you know inquiries um, all the time for places that really, really want this program, but they just don't have the funding for it. We'll try to work with them and try to raise funds with them, do a partnership. But sometimes it's it's just not an option for them. They just don't have uh, the 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 um, organization, they or just even the ability to 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 make it happen. And unfortunately, those children are missing out. So um, we need everyone out there who's watching this program to to go on um to the uh, URL that's going to be provided on screen um, they can also go to um giveforyouth.maker.good um, dot is slash projects slash bullying as long, but there'll be a URL on screen for you guys to take down and reach this page. And what we need you to do is go ahead and click the vote button. If, once you click that vote button, it's going to ask you to sign in, um, which you can use your Facebook um, credentials to do so, or you could sign in with Goodmaker and that's going to register your vote. And the, the the organizations, the top 20 that get the most votes move on to the next round where we can actually get, these funds that is going to help the program. Mm.
0: Thank you, Shema um, Krishna. Yeah, I I want to
1: just also uh, be grateful for Shema. He's he's coming and he's done a wonderful job. You know, at this point in our of our existence, we've been around for seventeen years. We've had our highs and lows, as many local nonprofits do, but we've never stopped providing services. And uh, those services continue to grow and expand, and they may shrink down, but they'll grow again. And we know that because we're committed to that. And uh, also we have training. I do a level of training to train more yoga teachers to get out here and, and do this work with the students. We're mm. uh, doing a training here in Los Angeles in August, a training in Toronto in July, a training in New York in July, training in Mexico later on in the fall, and Africa as well. So there's lots of interest and also a need. And if you're a yoga t- person out there or just are interested in any as- aspect of yoga or you feel that it could be, it could be helpful or that you could imagine how helpful it will be for these youth, and this is a training course. It would be great for you to take. I also want to just say as well that there's a lady that contacted us. We have a lot of people contacting us, as, as Shema had said, from outside of the LA area to volunteer, and we've had we've used them very well. We had a lady from outside of us create our, our logo for us, you know, and and others can make phone calls and do emails. There's a lot you can do online, and you don't, it doesn't matter where you are anymore. So for those who can't come in the office, it's not a big deal. Trust me. There's plenty of things to do with this new technology, and we yes. welcome every bit of it. And uh, I, I think that I think that it's, it's, it's good for us to, to rally around our young people and remind them that they matter and that we care about them. And that doesn't take a lot. It just takes a thought. The thought is that this kid, rather than have him running down the street trying to hit somebody in the head so he can do something with 50 dollars. Rather, that person can be someone that you might meet in the ER or that might be uh, filling your prescription uh, or that might be actually doing a very important job in some corporation that you're related to. I mean, there's so much talent and so much value here that we're losing as a society. So the, whole, the, world, the word at risk is often used to describe youngsters, and I want to say that we should use that to describe us because really, with these youngsters having the challenge that they're having, that, that we're encouraging you to help us respond to. You know, without their talent, without their gifts, we are at risk of losing valuable resources in our community. Thinkers, uh, philosophers, uh, businessmen and women, you know, valuable, valuable resources. And we want them back. We should be just hungry for those, hungry for those resources because they're here. They were born in our communities. They're born in our cities, they're born in our country, born in our world. They came here with gifts to share for this time. Let's not let them get away. Mm You know, Let's be a hero in a child's life. Let's show up for a child that just doesn't think that anyone cares about them and give them the surprise of their life when they discover that there are people who do care. And it's a small donation, anything, even if you don't vote, and I say vote, 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 because that's going to (laughs) be really helpful. Vote, vote, (laughs) vote. But also, if you also feel so moved and you want to reach in your pocket and make a contribution, do that. Do it, you know? And whatever you invest is going to come back tenfold. Every penny, every dime will be come back tenfold. And sometimes that's the best way to spark your own prosperity is to give something. Even if you don't think you can, even if you don't think you have to afford it, give then because that's when it really, really matters and when the benefits really, really start doubling back to you Fast.
0: hmm. hmm. Lovely. Thank you, Krishna. Um, do you think we could have a look at your video for yoga for youth?
1: Yes, I'd like to have you. like to show you one video that's from uh, one of the charter schools. You asked about the schools that we worked with. This is a charter mm-hmm. school that, that was uh, opened in South Central Los Angeles, and this is the first grade of middle school. These are sixth graders. Oh, and, sixth graders! Oh, lovely sixth graders. And uh, you know, it was it was it was an amazing uh, opportunity for them, and very different. They had never done anything like this before. So, but it was a really interesting and beautiful, beautiful process for them. I'd like to show you that video first. Thank you.
2: See how receptive they are to the yoga and to uh, give it a try. It's just, just, really, it's just heartwarming to
0: me. And so. I'm coming
1: home. And I'm coming. No, with your fingertips. Stretch out.
0: Exhale. Last
2: arms down coming. by your side. There's a student that asked to be in the class twice. That's how much she was enjoying it. What I'm hoping that yoga will do for them is give them tools so that they can communicate more effectively, um, so that they can tune in and find their center and calm. What
1: the yogis realize is that the breath controls the mind and the breath controls emotions. So by teaching them different ways to use their breath, that alone will help them to calm themselves in the heated situation. Somebody's talking about them, somebody's putting them down. Right there in that moment, if they can call on that breath, It'll
0: help them decide to decide what to do and I had students who were complaining about um, what they had to do during the actual process but after they've attended session one and session two it seemed like they've turned around those same students have actually come up to me and said wow it wasn't what I thought it was going to be it was really cool and then
2: no. oh, 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 oh.
0: How beautiful! Thank you for sharing that with us. That's a—it's uh, a very sweet group of youngsters there,
1: and they were challenged, of course. And that's—that's that's the beauty of working with a group of youngsters like this, that are so fresh and so raw. You know that they just don't hesitate to let you know what they're feeling and what they're thinking, and and, uh, and how they re- are reacting to what you're showing them. Mm-hmm. But to watch them slowly, gradually begin to embrace. Technology and actually find some value for themselves, and then they don't want to let it go ever mm-hm let me to tell you a little story this this is one of, this is a detention facility now that we've uh, been in for quite some time, and there was this young man, his name was I'll say John for now, and uh he was a kind of a big heavy guy, you know, a bit of a gang banger type and uh, uh he loved coming to the yoga class he he really enjoyed it so much he he enjoyed the challenge as you talked about earlier, but he also enjoyed the peace and the meditation that that experience at the end of the class. Mm. he kept missing. I look up and John wasn't there. I said, well, where's John? He keeps, he keeps missing. I know he loves the class. Why isn't he showing up? Oh, ma'am, John's always fighting, you know? And so he gets thrown in lockdown all the time. So he keeps missing the class. But if he could just stop fighting, man, he'd probably be here more often. Well, that's just too bad, you know? He's, he seems to really enjoy it so much. One day I was coming on the campus at this detective facility and this big guy comes running across the campus yelling, "Miss!" Miss Yoga lady, yoga lady. <laughs> I said, what? What is this? What is who is this guy? He says, ma'am, I did it. I did it. I said, what? He says, I didn't hit him. <laughs> I said, I didn't hit him. I did that long, deep breathing stuff you showed me, ma'am, and I didn't hit him. Wow. That's a kid who experienced another way to be powerful. Mm. You talk about bullying that's going on, that's such a big deal right now for us. These are folks who don't feel powerful. They don't recognize the power that they have inside of them. And so they have to try to exert that power by overpowering others. But when they come and take a few classes, they get to tap into that power within themselves. They don't have to exhibit it that way. They, they have another way that they can show that. And that's important. And for those youngsters who are the subject of bullying, you know, they get a chance to stand still and say, I'm not going to take this. This is not, this is not what I, I believe is right you know so we have power on both sides of the spectrum and that and that's the kind of uh that's the kind of kids we want to raise the ones who will stand up and face their challenges and not run away not hide you know not try to escape by taking alcohol or drugs or or whatever but they can stand up and face those challenges knowing knowing that they have inside of them all that they need to manage that challenge you know that's what we need to have for them. And that's what our acronym stands for. Yoga for Youth. Y-O-G-A. Your Own Greatness Affirmed. Mm. You no, know, they, we want them to stand up in their life and affirm their greatness under all circumstances and all situations. Just have the, the joy and the freedom and the clarity and the openness and the courage to face a challenge, not with anger, not out of fear, but because they feel within themselves a sense of their own greatness.
2: Mm.
1: You know, and they recognize that, that 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 challenge is just it's just that. It's a challenge, you know. It's there to serve in some way, so let's use it. So beyond all of the uh, postures and the breathing meditations, there's a philosophy. You know, it's a philosophy that, that we instill in our teachers that they can pass it on to the youngsters, you know, and that's just for them to get to know who they are and feel really confident and good about that.
0: Krishna, for the teachers that you use, um, must they be fully certified? Well, um, uh, no.
1: We expect them to have experience teaching their craft. Now, there are some systems of yoga that do not require certification for people to teach. Mm-hmm. And there
0: are some systems that do. When you say systems, do you mean...
1: Uh... Well, I mean like some of the Hapa systems. I know people who practice hatha for a long time right. uh, and they don't need to be certified in order to teach. They've been teaching for years and years and years without a certification. Mm-hmm. Well, those people are very uh, steadfast in their practice and the technology, and they can share it with confidence. Through the Kundalini Yoga system, we have a certification system that's been uh, around now for the past 15, 20 years. And those people, because the technology of Kundalini Yoga has so many levels of, of information and technology and the integration of so much that they, they should be certified. And I'll tell you why it's important that a person be really, really solid in their practice. Because this is not like walking into a lovely yoga studio with students with their mats in their arms, marching in, laying them down there and sitting down there ready to do whatever the teacher says do, you know? This is not this is not that kind of a place, right? In fact, most of our work doesn't take place in a yoga studio. It takes place wherever they are, mm-hmm. on a basketball court, in a classroom that's been shifted around to make space for them, in the hallway at a detention facility, you know, wherever the kids are, that's where we're going. And they, they come not because they are Aware of what the protocol is for a yoga student, because there's something technically important in their lives that they want to get. And even though they may be, uh, <laughs> they may really want to stay there and be a part of the class, sometimes they're very disruptive. I remember there's a group of girls that was teaching at a detention facility, and uh, they just kept talking. You know, I said, "Girls, you can't. You have to, you have to stop talking. I'm, I'm giving you two warnings here about talking." She said, "I'm not talking." That's what do I you mean? You're not talking. I'm, I'm looking at you. I'm hearing you. You know, but she doesn't. She doesn't even know that she's running her mouth. She's just so used to talking. Well, do you want to go? No, no, no. I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to stay. You know, so but you, you have to do this to stay. You know, so there's a there's a little bit of a juggling act that goes on. They're trying to work with their energy field, their personality, their understanding, and look through the the external uh, projection of that to their real desire. Her desire was to stay in that class. She wanted to do that more than anything else, to stay in that class. But you can't do like that in a yoga studio. The minute you behave like that in a yoga studio, you're out the door. So teachers <laughs> have to have a way of being able to understand what is the te- what does the student want? You know, what are they asking for? How can we serve them? And that's and that's the kind of creative understanding and depth of understanding that we we, we train people to have when they're gonna teach for yoga for youth. So to answer your question again, no, you don't have to be certified. And it doesn't matter what style of yoga you teach, because as far as we're concerned, all yoga is good. You know? And if you love what you're doing and if you have a passion for working with these kids, it's gonna work. We'll teach you the tricks of the trades so that so you won't get blown out by them. <laughs> 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 because they will test you. Their job is to test you. Uh, but to understand what their meaning and all that is, is important. Uh,
0: we have a question that came in and I do believe we have a second video that um, we will leave it and we'll play it at the end, if that's all right for you. Sure. Uh, at the close. Um, but we have a question that's come in. Do you find that with more focus on bullying that our youth are becoming much more open minded and caring than early uh, earlier generations? Um,
1: I, I don't necessarily think that's true, but I do think that the focus on bullying has been, is good because it's making us more aware of what's been going on in these schools for years that we haven't really paid any attention to, but it's, it's, it's become such a big issue right now that we have to look at it and, and decide we're going to respond to it. But I do think that there's always been bullying, but I think that there's also been, uh, a little more, a little more authentic and perhaps more effective response to it. Now that the teachers are overwhelmed, now that there's so many cutbacks in the schools, there's a lot of pressure there as well. So there's not the kind of ability for even those dedicated teachers to be able to risk themselves in a situation where they need to step up and stop some behaviors from happening in the classroom. But I do think that it's helping us to recognize that these schools need our intervention.
0: Yes. Yes, because it is definitely in every school out there. It doesn't matter what area you live in, or if you're a private school or not. You know, children can be pretty cruel without realizing how cruel they are. But well, look at the adults,
1: though. Look at the adults. I mean, how are we? How are we managing our lives? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, how are we stealing? How are we ripping people off? How are we demeaning each other? What are? We, what kind of respect are we showing? What's What's the most important thing in our lives? Mm-hmm. You know, we think that maybe they're not paying attention. <laughs> But they are, and they have their way of showing it. Yes. So I think when we clean up our act more, that that the youth will going to certainly reflect that as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In our Yoga for Youth program, we serve two detention camps: Camp Kilpatrick and Camp Miller. <laughs> Turn your palms together. We teach um, one or two classes a week. These kids in the camps have been uh, sentenced. They're doing time.
2: Use that breath. Use that breath. Inhale.
1: These kids are, are our kids. Your kids and my kids. They're kids who have a special... Purpose on this earth like every other kid has. down away from your ears. These youngsters, these babies are so tight and so stiff, you can just feel the pain and feel the fear and anxiety that's just locked in their bodies.
2: Stay focused. Stay focused.
1: We take them through, you know, a fairly average set. They get a chance to get rid of some of the tension that's just racking their bodies. So you're stretching out your thigh muscles, gentlemen. Get them to relax their bodies. Get them to balance out their their brains, their hemispheres of their brains, their, their whole emotional level through the breath, through chanting, through meditating.
2: So no. 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 me, no.
1: once they begin to Set. open up those channels of energy, open up the, Set. No. Set. the flow of the breath, and uh, something, how, something takes over. It's as though a lot of um, understanding is released.
2: These yoga people, yoga class, they, they don't tell you what's wrong with you. They try to help you out uh, to, so, so you can find out what's wrong with you yourself. You know what I'm saying?
1: They sit there with their eyes wide open and you know, you know that they got it. They say, wow. Thank you, ma'am. It's like the elders of the community. It's time for us to come forward, you know, and just take our place as elders, as the people who have the knowledge and the wisdom and the caring to be able to hold the hand of a young person and say, you can do this. You can do this. This is not who you are. This is who you are.
0: It's lovely. Thank you, Segovia, for bringing that up. Oh, how wonderful it must feel to be teaching a class. And to me, it's even to children. I serve breakfast to children every morning, five and six-year-olds, and encouraging them to eat and encouraging them to try things that they might never have tried before. And just seeing the look in their eyes, the way it opens up. Mm. And for you coming into these detention centers, into the schools, It must be so rewarding. As you gift them, as you say, it comes back tenfold. It is, Christina, and I think everyone that's ever done this work,
1: they come out feeling the same way. It's hard. Sometimes, it can be frustrating sometimes, but rewards are so great because you see a child's eyes open up, you know, something happened inside of them, they're not the same again. They're not the same. Something is different, and it's different in a very meaningful way, and that's that's beautiful. That's beautiful. I love what this young man said on this last video. when he said, these yoga people, they don't tell you what's wrong with you. They help you out. You can tell yourself what's wrong with you yourself. We're not laying over them on some philosophy and trying to indoctrinate them into something. We're opening them up so they can begin to listen to the voice inside of them and follow that voice. That's the truth.
0: Mm-hmm. And that truly is the beauty of yoga, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. it is. Yes, when people are always fearful of it being a religion or anything like that, it's, it's about finding oneself. It's a technology, that's right, and it's been around
1: for 40,000 years, yeah. long before most religions today have been in existence, and it's, it's, it still is around because it works.
0: Mm, lovely. <laughs> well, uh, we have come to the top of our hour now, uh, Krishna. Is there anything um, that you'd like to say to our audience? I would just love to say thank you so much
1: for joining us and please vote because your vote means an awful lot. And it may take you just eight minutes or less to go in there and click on that URL and hit vote and sign in and tell your friends, tell your family that this is something important and that you'd like to see us help these kids have a way to be peaceful, be joyous, and to be really proud to be a citizen in this country. In this state and in this city, I'd love you to participate in that way. And I want to thank you so, so very much. May God
0: bless you always. Satnam. Satnam. Shema Davis, would you like to say some words?
2: Well, first, I want to say thank you to you guys for having us here, um, giving us this opportunity to to let everyone know about um, what we're doing. And just to reiterate um, what Krishna just said, yeah, please, everyone, just go out and, and vote. The voting ends on, on Friday, March 1st at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And please go on and click that vote button.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so very much, uh, Shema Davis, for letting us know that whole background of, <laughs> of how everyone can help. And, of course, thank you so much. We are always honored to have you on our show, uh, Krishna. And we look forward to having you back again, especially when you're um, ramping up to teach here in Los Angeles and other places of the world um, for your certification program as well.
1: Beautiful. Absolutely.
0: I would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us in this new platform of education and information. We are always grateful for your continuous support and look forward to hearing on how we, your feedback on how we can serve you better. We invite you to join us live every Tuesdays for the Magical Medical Tour at 10.30 a.m. Pacific Time, one thirty Eastern Time, Wednesdays for Trinity of Life at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, followed every other week with Flowing into Awareness with Anatara. And let me remind you again, and it is on the site and it is on the page as well, yogahub.us forward slash give to youth. That URL will take you directly to the page to vote. Please follow the instructions. Yoga for Youth depends on all of us as a community to thrive and to continue to do the magnificent work that they've done for so very many years. And of course, if you'd like to learn more about Yoga for Youth, it is yogaforyouth.org. And uh, please uh, go there and see how you can help. Remember, any five minutes, ten minutes, half an hour, a week of your time, or uh, your donations and helping them match grants. Every cent, every penny, dollar, it counts. So nothing is too little. And, of course, your time and your effort, I'm sure, is always appreciated. Thank you again. Until next time. Namaste.